Uh, yeah, that won't do. Uh, how about this one? Um, no. I'll tell you what, I'll just start the podcast. Oh, welcome back to Andrew Culture's Positivity Podcast. I like to have guests along here because there's only so much of me kind of chattering on about things that I think the world has an appetite to listen to. Now, I have with me tonight someone who I'm going to let introduce themselves. Go for it. Hey, uh, thanks, Andrew, for having me. Uh, my name is Jamie, but I go by Red, the host of Red's Rambling Podcast, where I just reach out to people from around the world and get their take on where they're from, culture, tradition, heritage, festivals, all of that. You, graciously enough, were on my podcast. So that episode, I, don't, I haven't gotten around to that one yet, but that's coming around before the end of the year, definitely. Um, but yeah, that's a quick little thing about me. There's your elevator pitch. Now, this is why I want to speak to you, because as you just said, we have spoken before. Mm -hmm. And there's something about your attitude that I found very, very endearing. And I mean that. I don't know if endearing. How would you take the word endearing? I, I mean, I've heard similar things, but I haven't heard that word yet in, in this situation. Okay. Now, I mean, it's, it's, it's an attitude... That's due that came out kind of quite clearly the last time we spoke. Mm. Now I've not told anyone that what that attitude is. People might be listening to think this, thinking it's a bad attitude. But I I'm think, an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I think anyone kind of already could probably tell tell that's just not true. Well, you might mm. be. I mean, you might be really horrible to fish or something, or just something that I, I can't <laughs> can't think oh, yeah. of. I got a basement that's kind of you know. <laughs> i'll no, leave it at that i got a basement <laughs> okay that, that's your own thing um yeah so I, I want to kind of explore how how your podcast came about i mean because as you said you speak to i mean you speak to a lot of people mm. kind of i've been going back through your back catalogue and i think some people like to think they speak to a wide range of people in their podcast mm. but you i mean give, give us a rundown give us say maybe your last 10 or 15 just just see if you can rattle off where they were from oh, oh yeah well you obviously from and, london yep near enough um i had norway uh two individuals from india one from pune india and karnataka in india then i've had a uh, egyptian uh, from alexandria in egypt that was really good uh, bahrain was really good and i did uh, Iran. I spoke with two Iranians. Wow. That, yeah. so, so that really is a hell of a mix of people. I mean, yeah. so before we kind of start to, to explore some of the people that you've spoken to kind of recently, can you, mm -hmm. can you tell, tell the listeners where you are? I mean, your accent is a bit of okay. a way. Yeah. Well, I'm American <laughs> uh, from South Car the state of South Carolina to be exact. So. Okay, so have you traveled much? Have you been around the world? No, not yet. Not yet. Definitely oh, plan on it, but not yet. No. See, that's the attitude I like. I like the not yet, not the yeah. no, just the not yet. Oh, it's, yes, it, it shouldn't be a no for anybody. It should always be a not yet. That's wonderful. That should be everyone's plan. So one I, day. I know that you've done some military service. Mm -hmm. So over. I just always kind of put military service and traveling in, in sort of the same, the mm. same box, but is it, did you not leave the country? No. Well, it, it depends on what your MOS for basically what your job is when you serve. Um, mine was communication. So 
sadly, like where I stay at, the hub of communication for the military is kind of like 30 minutes from my house, essentially at Fort Gordon. Yeah. So because I picked communication, I was stationed right in my backyard, basically. Okay. So so you were were kind of, yeah, I was going to say at the hub, you you were like the Ganesh kind of connecting every, connecting the world together. So back then, did, did that give you a taste for speaking to people from other countries? I mean, were your, your, colleagues i guess must have been stationed around the world uh some of them were i i have some i have one that just flew back yesterday from italy mm-hmm. um, i have a few in france right now and i my, my job employs a fair amount of veterans so we have a few working with us too um so yeah i've been around people who have uh, uh flown everywhere and been to other you know countries or whatnot and yeah, like when you're there and you listen to their stories, their, you know, uh, first person experiences, you know, like, ah, like it, it kind of hits you at a different level than just looking at pictures of various places. It's like, oh man, they, this is what they felt. This is what they encountered and they saw. You kind of get a, that, a little bit more in-depth uh, feel of what it could be like whenever you go over there, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, so kind of pre-military. So when you're a kid, were were other cultures something you were naturally interested in or is it something that's developed in later life? It started when I was young. Yeah. Uh, I remember if if I had to pick a moment, it was watching uh, ancient Chinese documentary on like Discovery Channel or History Channel and just being fascinated by that. Uh, Getting fascinated with all the stuff they invented, you know, paper, black powder, you know, uh, fireworks, obviously, and repeating crossbow. They did a whole bunch of stuff back then. And I just remember watching that and just being in awe of this civilization that, you know, thousands of years ago invented so much of stuff that we still use today. Mm. It's, I, I think, is what started my uh, deeper love of history. And so from then on, it's just been like, all right, let me see what other people did way back in the day that we take for granted today, essentially. Yes, I think we we have a very kind of common interest there. I think it's the mm-hmm. it, it's the ability to retain this joy of fascination with everything right. in the world, isn't it? And I, I think right. that that keeps. I think that's. I wouldn't say it's the key to happiness, but it's certainly it helps. It's one of the keys to my happiness, right? <laughs> kind of yeah. know, know oh, that much sure. of it. Okay, so we'll come back to history because that is something I want to kind of cover with you. Mm -hmm. So let's let's go back to just I mean, just over those places that you mentioned just a minute ago. I mean, two people from India Mm -hmm. and I must confess, I don't know the places in India that you mentioned, but were they were Mm -hmm. they nearby? Because India is vast. I think a lot of people don't know or don't realize just how vast it is as a country. Right. Yeah, I think if I remember right, those they're now the third and fourth people I've spoken to from India. And luckily they're they've all all four of them have been from different areas. Mm-hmm. And because of that, every time it's something new, you know. Mm. Uh the first one was from Lucknow in um Uttar Pradesh. And he's a young journalist and it's like Great a very pronunciation, vibe. I've got to say. I try, I try, That's you awesome. know. Um, got to get used to it if I ever go, you know, I don't Mm want to seem like a fish out of water. (laughs) Um, but over there, it's like very vibrant city. A a lot of, uh, progression happening there. It's a very growing, the city's growing. 
Uh, and then the other one I spoke to was the guy who actually did that for me, or it's a print that I got from him. I do have an original in the bedroom of his, wow. though. Uh, he's from Mumbai. His name is mm-hmm. uh, Aditya Singh. Great artist. Uh, incredible view on life and the world, essentially. I'll, Very I'll, unique. I look forward to listening to the episode. I've been sort of, I've sort of been diving in and out of them. Um, yeah. So what was, his, what was his representation of Mumbai? Because in popular mm-hmm. culture, at least from the perspective um, I have kind of in this country, I kind of grew up with, with several kind of Indian, right. Indian descent around me. But Mumbai tends to be described as just a mass chaos. <laughs> I think almost every time someone talks about it. Did you yeah. get a different picture from this, this guy? Um, you, you get it. No, you get kind of the same. He paints it in a better light. Mm. Um, but he does definitely you do get that chaos feel when he talks about it but you also get again his side he acknowledges like he was upfront about you know some of the seedy aspects of the city mm. you know but at times he would he would very passionate about the good things about it like you know you can go on the street and people would help you and you know this that and the other but he was honest about some of the dark aspects about it and you know certain areas of town definitely a tourist should probably steer clear of unless you're you know with a local Hmm. um but a lot a lot is going on over there as well definitely i mean it's the biggest city in india so definitely it has to be chaos has to be a lot it has to be but i mean like like any any city there any city has parts that are seen as as more negative right i mean the, the bit of the bit of ipswich i live in um here in the uk i've lived in this this neighborhood and neighborhoods here are tiny i've lived in right. this neighborhood for i don't know 25 years maybe mm-hmm. and for most of the time i've lived here it has been officially one of the 10 most deprived neighborhoods in the whole of great britain really yeah I mean, but th- this is, I mean, I, I don't want to kind of do down the challenges that the people around here have, and there are quite significant challenges. Right. But, you know, on the whole, everyone's fed. You know, everyone has a roof over their head. If if anyone gets sick in this country, uh, when well, lots of European countries, you just mm. go to the doctor, you just, you just, you get fixed. I mean, kind of re- reading somewhere that the British remake of Breaking Bad would have been just like one 10 minute episode because it would have been walter walter white <laughs> saying saying being told he's got cancer and the doctor telling him that where well, you start treatment on monday and then he gets really back. yeah <laughs> that would be it because that, that's what we do kind of makes sense yeah i've got, got got friends several friends who, who have had cancer and one one of my it's amazing actually so i'm going off topic one of my friends she she felt a lump went to the doctor and she was receiving treatment within about three days and they reckon the cancer had only started six or seven days before her treatment yeah begun. i mean wow that that's yeah. just that's an early catch great and, catch yeah and, and there's no kind of like being in debt afterwards there's right yes just great care you're just kind of fine yeah and, and then yeah sort of sort of kind of talking about deprived neighborhoods got got several friends who work as engineers and travel around the world and the first impression one of my friends gave me of of mumbai i think it was he said the first time he visited he said he was completely overwhelmed by the number of people first of all he said it's right. just it's just it's so intensely busy and then mm. so he was walking down the street and he saw a woman laying 
on the on the sidewalk and he said to the person who was looking after him you know the person who whose factory he was working he said is she dead he said the indian guy looked at her and went "Eh, not yet and just carried on walking and he said that was such a shock that just that kind of "Eh, not yet oh yeah that he was just like oh my god yeah he was staying in a nice you know kind of decent enough hotel and he was going to a factory which was all kind of modern everything and yet just so nearby and i think that's something a lot of a lot of people in the West, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, no, I that that's I don't that's shocking any, to me. I don't have any moral high ground to say. Oh, of course, so people in the West don't appreciate that. No, I don't appreciate that. I can't can't begin to imagine what that's yeah, like. Right? Wow. So let's let's wow. move let's move on to kind of let's have a nice positive thing about India before, <laughs> before we move on because my God, I've talked about it for a few minutes and I've come up with something really <laughs> negative. So. so yeah, vibrant progressive. Now you use the word progressive. Um, progressive as in growing or, or growing, growing, growing. I think it's yeah. I, I don't kind of like how I would I would imagine you do with your pie. I don't. I try not to uh, dwell too much on the negatives of mm. a particular country that I speak of, um, even, even if I know it's there. You know. Mm. Um, I try not to delve too much into that. So I, I, I don't know enough to speak on everything else. The individual from Pune, Gerov, he spoke very quickly about corruption from the government. And that was maybe like five minutes. Mm. Um, so it is there, you know, that, that sort of way of life over there. There is that corruption and, and all that kind of stuff. But Kind of like how you know you seem to be here. I try not to dwell on that. You know that that's for a whole different type of episode. Now, I, I think to a certain extent, if if you what's what's the there's a cliche that if you feed the negative wolf, it grows. Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. Let, let, let's feed the good wolf. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And there are a lot of incredibly positive things happening in India. I mean, right. Absolutely incredible. That that that's see that's interesting kind of cultural difference. My my understanding the word progressive means culturally sort of moving forward that's why i just kind of kind of want to see see what your take was so i was trying to think out of the list that you gave me and out Mm -hmm. of the list of countries that you know i've I've looked through your and listened to some of your your past your past um, episodes i was trying to think which country for an american might be the one that might raise more eyebrows with your some of your countrymen. I mean, literally, okay. some. I, th- there are so many Americans <laughs> that, right. that you, you're all, you know, everyone's an individual, just that as a caveat. And right. I keep coming back to Iran because yeah. when I, when I grew up in the eighties, Iran and America were not very friendly. Yeah. Not, not at all. We're kind so, of at odds right now, uh, too. Kind of at odds yeah. right now. And, and one of the things I really like about your podcast, and, and to be honest, it's one of the biggest reasons I want to speak to you, speak to mm. you today, is that the fact you've spoken to people in places like Iran and mm. made an effort to learn about them and get their perspective and find out about people as individuals rather than kind of people as whatever the media or government represent. Right. Is, is that's... I can stop the podcast now and say you are making the already making the world a better place by mm. showing an interest and, and wanting to dig deeper. So can you tell us a little bit about the 
the guy you spoke to from Iran? Well, that episode's not out yet, so I'm not. Oh, I'm not don't give re- it away then. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to do too much, but I will say, and I'm going to throw in a little bit of Bahrain as well, because they're both from the Middle East. So, mm-hmm. from a Western perspective, you kind of might have a sort of I've idea been, going into them. I've I've worked in um, Dubai and Abu Dhabi, but okay. we'll, we'll come back to that if it's interesting. Might might not. <laughs> well, so the the Iranian that's two. And then a friend of theirs walked in, and so she joined as well. Oh, so cool. I spoke to with three of them. Um, how, how do I put it again without revealing much? I mean, they they do highlight, just like the um, individual from Pune, they do highlight some of the negative aspects. But they have a podcast as well called Ask an Iranian. Oh wow! I'm writing that. Down. And yes, and what they do is specifically. They, they, they speak about the misrepresentation. You know, they highlight what is actually going on from their eyes. And then they speak of, you know, the real, the real side, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so like for one, uh, one of the guys that was part of it does like Pokemon go and there's, you know, what Pokemon go is right. Yeah. 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 So there's actually a, uh, a few areas in, in Iran where like groups of thousands of people will go to like a park for Pokemon go. Oh, really? And, right. <laughs> so that right there is like, Whoa, okay. That's not something I was expecting, mm. you know, cause I, I seen he had a little, the little tag on the shirt and I kept thinking to myself, what that looks so familiar. And then he, he pointed it out. I was like, dude, what? <laughs> um, so that, you know, they have that little, you know, get together and, and, and being with friends and all that kind of stuff. And they, for, for a typical Iranian family, it's more tradition. Their family, family time is a lot. Like family mm-hmm. means a lot to them. Like if you're having dinner or lunch, it's usually dinner or lunch with you, your parents, you know, your significant other, if you have one, grandparents, so on and so forth. So family time is a big thing for them, which I know here on the Western, uh, in America, it's kind of dying away. I don't know how it is over there for you. It's, it's, we, we, my family, um, the family I grew up in, you, you didn't at least one meal a day. So the, the main meal mm-hmm. you just, you always had as a family. And, and I've yeah. carried that on. I've carried that on for, for my own wife and child mm-hmm. because we have breakfast together quite often as well, but yeah. it's, it's the one time doesn't matter how chaotic our day is. If we can't find 10 or 15 minutes to sit down, right. and Stuff a cake holes, then, you know, have dinner and yeah. we're in trouble. Yeah. Just, there's just some... in my opinion. <laughs> oh no, for sure. I mean, that's something here in America that is slowly dying away. I'll admit my family, we don't do it that often. Um, but they, it's, it's tradition for them. That's, that's what they do. They're, they're very, they get together for family time and eat meals and whatnot. And so, so there's that, but the, the individual from Bahrain, uh, Sergio, he originally from Lebanon, Bahrain is incredibly progressive in both, both ways that we mentioned the culturally progressive way and just in growing in general, they, um, there is, what was it if i remember right so when the pandemic happened their government essentially paid like if you had a business like this individual has a coffee shop mm-hmm. and he they, they paid him like hey you know we're gonna have to shut you down for a while 
during the pandemic and lockdown and everything, but we're going to pay you everything. Wow. You know, any lost wages, here it is. Any home bills, like you so saw your light bill, you know, ACE, electric bill, all, all that kind of stuff, we'll, we'll pay it. Rent, we'll pay that, mm. you know, for however long this thing goes. So the government paid for his rent and just sit, the citizens' rents for months. And they're just now slowly starting to open back up. So that is, that's some crazy thing right there. I'm trying to think if Bahrain is one of the rich Arab states. It is. It's like it's, super, super tiny little island. Um, I didn't even know it was an island. Yeah, I've got it's, a massive map of the world here. I'm just looking on it at the moment. Yeah, it is incredibly. It's like a speck because I got one in my son's room and it's a speck um, over there. Oh, I see it now, it's, yeah. it's got that one bridge that connects to Saudi Arabia. And it's a lot, a lot more progressive than Saudi Arabia is because like when nighttime's coming, you know, the young generation, they like to have parties and have a good time or whatnot. Right. So a lot of the young generation from Saudi Arabia will drive over the bridge <laughs> just for the night scene over in Bahrain. Cause you can do more over there than you can in Saudi Arabia. And then, you know, you get drunk, you have a good time and <laughs> you drive back home. Um, but that, that is a, country that i would love to visit one day because one also a cool little thing tidbit about him and i'll get off because again i don't want to spoil too much here Mm. but guy from lebanon living now in um in bahrain and his coffee shop is like fantasy themed so he you walk in he's got the sword from the witcher he's got (laughs) harry potter stuff you know, he's got like D&D uh, matches for, you know, the, remember the card game. See, that's surprising about, about, Bar- about Bahrain because yeah. I tend to assume and obviously ignorantly that all United, you know, new, all UAE or nearby countries are overtly very religious. Mm-hmm. He's so I not. Would, I wouldn't, I, I don't mean him, but I wouldn't expect things like oh. that to, to kind of be accepted. Right in public kind of thing i mean no i'm i'm old enough to remember in the 80s in the uk there was a massive fuss about dungeons and dragons and it was seen as like a very occult thing and it really was, oh yeah no it was seen as a very very bad thing but no that that's that's fascinating but the, again this is right. your your kind of mission that you're, that you're on this is why it's so important because it yeah. does it does make everyone still well, i'd like to think i'm fairly open-minded it's made me kind of go stop and think oh wow i didn't know that yeah i was not expecting that walking into it you know and granted he might be like a little blip you know a, a, an outsider in terms but still the fact again that that's there hmm. that's all I, the more reason to go uh, yeah but only a little dot or a little blip is is how change starts you know that's exactly that's kind of really all you need i mean my experience of the uae i worked um i'm involved with a theater company and mm-hmm. I, i'm not an actor I, I basically go along for the ride and press buttons to make lights flash sometimes right. <laughs> and we we took a theater tour from um we took it from a place called catford in london and we took it to dubai and mm. to abu dhabi and essentially i was working so we, we didn't do much you know we, we're doing yeah. theater stuff so we worked at night and did not a lot during the day but my my overriding memory of the place is that it felt kind of tense, especially Dubai. Yeah. It's because it there's there was nothing there 20, 30 years ago. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I must have been there 10 or so years ago. And there was the main strip with kind of they were just starting to build the caliph, you know, the really, really tall tower. Yeah, yes, yes, tower. Yes. That was being built while I was there. 
but we didn't see anything. We saw the inside of the hotel we're staying in and, and I saw the theatres and incidentally the, the control room in the theatre, that's the only room in each building with no air conditioning. And in really? Dubai, you do not want to be somewhere with right. no air conditioning. Yeah. Like we're, yeah. we're in the hotel we're in, 20th story. We're on the 20th story, like a 30-story hotel. And you know hotel windows, they only open like a centimetre or two, or like, mm-hmm. you know, like an inch or two. And when you opened it, it was like when you stood too close to the oven and you opened the yeah. oven door. It was literally like, whoa. <laughs> Burning you your face off. Yeah, must, yeah. Get, must get pretty hot where you live. Yeah, it's, it's pretty muggy right now because we got rain and whatnot. So, I mean, it's not hot, right, but it's very muggy. Being in the south, we get plenty of rain and heat. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for it to cool down a little bit. So you must be kind of getting close to tropical kind of South Carolina because you're not that far above... Mm-hmm. I guess you're on the East Coast, which does that? I don't know. I'm pretending like I understand no, yeah, geography. Yeah. Does that keep yeah, it cooler? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it does. Uh, like I said, the, the week we're in right now, it's kind of weird for being this warm in mm. the middle of November, essentially. Um, but I'm, I'm waiting on it to cool down a little bit so I can put the fireplace on, you know. Mm. that's that's. I look forward to that. That's one reason I bought this house, to have a family sit by the fireplace, you know, during winter months and, have a good old time, you know. Cool. So, so do you get snow as well? Do you get both extremes, or is it just kind of? We hot, get hot? more. Fro- yeah, we get more frozen rain than snow. And if we do get snow, it rarely sticks. Mm. I, I could probably count on both hands the times it snowed here and stuck. So less than ten, maybe. It's getting that way here. I mean, it, it's a really? real cliche in this country that people say, you know, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, but it's a real cliche here that people say, oh, it used to snow a lot more. But when I was a kid, snow, snow drifts in the winter were easily, sorry, drifts, because it's where I grew up, it's all fields. So okay. the, the snow, imagine like a wave, the snow blows across the fields and ends up like yeah. mountains, like huge mountains. And because a lot of the roads are dug down into between the fields yeah yeah, yeah. roads just disappear and it was quite a normal thing so when my daughter came along and she's now nine i was like right i'm gonna we're gonna buy a sledge and we're gonna have fun in the snow and right yeah this wonderful thing and there wasn't enough snow for the next six years yeah (laughs) so that that sledge sat sat hanging up unused for six years she used to take it down and just sit sit in it on the patio looking looking sad (laughs) With like her wellies and everything, just like hoping, yeah. hoping for the snow in like August. Oh man, that's depressing. Yeah, <laughs> in fact, it's probably only happened a couple of times since then. So, yeah. so have you? Have you? So I keep talking about kind of where you've travelled. Have, have you been? Have you travelled around the states much? A little bit. Um, my grandparents live in Wyoming, so I've been over there, and that's more towards the west coast. Um, like you saw me turn there. to a map then, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. Sadly, though, and it, it snows there a lot, but sadly, I only got to visit. I was in middle school and I went there during summer break. So it was like they were having a drought season, too. Mm. And my granddad likes to uh, fly fish. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like, OK, I don't have fly fish, but fishing's fun, relaxing, you know, but it was a dry season. So all like the lakes and whatnot were so low. We, we never caught it. Like, I think I stayed there three, two weeks, three weeks. Didn't catch a single thing because it was so miserable and dry out there. It <laughs> See, was oh man. This is still something I, I've I've done. I've traveled the states a little bit, like very very little because it's just it's so big. That's that's right. not like a real spoiler or anything. It's a big place. <laughs> 
like it still blows my mind that that you know you've got like Nevada very very different to to utah yeah. colorado it's just these places that on a map you can sort of casually just sort of swing your finger single finger yeah. over but they are so, big difference so so different kind of mm-hmm. is there other places in the states you really want to go um i, well, I love north carolina I, my my grandmother's originally from north carolina and i love mountains uh, so and they have great mountains like i'm yeah. there we have other plenty of mountains but i just love the north carolina the air is different for me um i love like that's my retirement spot i've already explained it to the wife like no matter where we go i, I kind of want to retire in the mountains in north carolina somewhere so why the air is different How, how's how's it different like i i would imagine it cleaner you know because you got all the, the forests and the mountains and everything just undisturbed, you know, like nobody's chopping down trees to make a small, you know. So you just have that fresh mountain air. And it's, just, it's, it's, it's like, um, you know, when I don't know how it is over here, but here in the States, when we go to McDonald's, right, because I know you guys have McDonald's over there. We've got McDonald's 11, is everywhere. We've got about 11 in this town. Right. <laughs> So if you go to the, you know, your local grocery store and you buy a, a bottle of Sprite, it has that one flavor, right? Mm-hmm. But then you go to McDonald's, their Sprite is different. It's got a little, little extra crisp to it. So I, I, I call the North, uh, yeah, North Carolina mountain air, the Sprite air. It's got a little <laughs> crisp. Something about it is a little crisper. So is, is South Carolina more densely populated than the North? I, w- I would say so. I would say so. Yes. I don't know if that's true or not, but I would say so. Cause we got a lot, a longer coastline, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of beach towns, whole bunch of beach cities. Like Charleston's huge. Obviously we got Myrtle beach, Edistone, you know, so we have a lot of people who just live at the beach and North Carolina has a coast as well, but it's shorter. It's probably less than half the length of our coast. Mm-hmm. And again, it's more mountainy. So I would think strictly because of our how long of a coast we have compared to them, we probably have more people than they do as well. Yeah. Wow, that's that's absolutely fascinating. It's it's endlessly fascinating. Um, <laughs> kind of while we're on the topic uh, topic of the humanities, if this was a school lesson, okay. it would be humanities kind of geography. Let's move on to history because I know right. you're I know you're very interested in history. I mean, which bit and where? I think are the two key questions there. Well, explain that a little bit more. Which bit and where? <laughs> that was really vague, wasn't it? It didn't even make sense to me. I was sitting there thinking, how's, Red gonna, how's it going to answer that? Uh, which part of the world and which era? Which era? I would, I would okay. So if you, if you had asked me this question three, four months ago, I probably would have stuck with ancient China. Oh, right. I probably would have stuck with that, right? In that time frame, though, is when I've de- delved a lot more into India. And so now it's currently India. It's been India since my first interview with Umvesh, which mm-hmm. that one is up. Um, it's been India because if you look at India, like how we went to school and learning about world history, it was mainly European history, right? Yeah. Like we, we learned, you know, like that China, you know, made black powder, gunpowder. We, we did learn that, you know, you learn about the pyramids, obviously, 
but the main focus of our world history growing up was European history mm-hmm. because yes, you know that's that's how we came you know that's how we came to be. So I didn't really know anything much about Indian history growing up until I decided to have to do it myself basically. And when you look into it, just like how vast it is, there's so much, mm-hmm. you know. And because you know Britain was in control for so many years really right bad bad part of british history right really bad i mean they essentially controlled half the world at one point in time and they didn't let go of india till like the 50s like yeah 40s or 50s yeah yeah horrendous and so a lot of their ancient like just strictly indian indian history is kind of not there Mm. you know it's whatever the british decided to write down same thing so, happened in China, though. Big parts of China. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the, uh, the British. I kind of, it, I kind of have like a, a real guilt over it. I mean, I wasn't there, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> but it is like, oh man, China and God, we just gave yeah. them opium to keep them kind of dope. Oh God, God no, right? So, so in looking at that, like, like again in school, you know, you learn about ancient Greece, ancient Rome. You see those buildings, you know, uh, all, all the all the ruins and whatnot that have been around and tore down and wars all over the place, right? But then if you just pull up India right now, pull up Indian ruins, you see some of the most intricate, you know, incredibly detailed buildings. And, and colorful as well. This is something Insanely I, colorful. I found out like two, three days ago, <laughs> just having to pop up on Reddit. And I was like... I thought someone had like used pastels, you know, like chalks to color in a photo. Yeah. I looked, I went, no, it looks That's real. Like that. <laughs> That's yes. real. Like the, the intricacies of some of the stonework is just, it, it blew my mind when I'm looking at this stuff. And I'm like, you know, where was this when I was, you know, seven, eight, nine, mm. 10, growing up learning what, where, where was this? I learned about, you know, the, the Greek buildings and, and, you know, obelisks and all that kind of stuff that, plain and white you know and not that all right cool yeah but then you look at that stuff that they did and i'm like where was this <laughs> this is a, and it's still there it's still there in, in some places yeah, i would have found it fascinating I, I did the history of medicine when i was at high school and we like we went to an old obviously <laughs> england's britain's thick with um thick with old stuff we went to an mm-hmm. old an old operating theater that was in the eaves of a church yeah, and, and they showed us like a brain and a finger or something that were like three hundred years old, and that was really? gross. that was gross and interesting. But they right? kind of as yeah, an yeah. adult seeing seeing almost anything connected to India or China, and my mm. my jaws on the floor, and I'm just going, when I was a kid, I this would have blown me away. Right, it would have been exactly. so cool. I mean, you look at you know they have all their Hindu gods, you know, kind of like how you know we had uh, Greek mythology had. Zeus, numerous, numerous gods. And they're like two, but two and a half million Hindu gods. There's a shit ton of them, <laughs> right? But if you think of like in in ancient Greek times, you know they probably had hundreds, if not thousands, of statues that some maybe still be around up there, but a lot of them got torn down over years of war and everything. But it, over there in India, they they still got a few of them here and there. Mm. And, and and again, it's just the the detail that whoever created them went into to get these things right. And they're insanely huge. It's, this is, it's, this is to me, they're mind-blowing. 
It is. And what really interests me about that is, I mean, we have big old medieval places here. I've, I've spoken to you before, Red, about the, there's like 52 medieval churches in my town. Right. And this yes, is not a yes. big town. But a, a lot of the very old stuff here, we basically have churches and castles. The churches were built by rich people to try and convince God that they weren't all that bad, basically. Right. You know, that, that's what that was. And then yeah. the castles were built, well, castles were built around Norman Conquest, so sort of 1000 BC, not BC, AD, dear me. They, they were built, originally they were genuine fortresses, you know, to sort of keep right. order and to dominate the countryside because everyone was living in mud huts pretty much right. <laughs> with, you know, with no floors or anything. So someone puts up a castle, even if it's like two stories high, it's just like, Oh my God. But then they all sort of developed into homes after a few hundred years. And then mm. they were a status symbol. So you've got very ornate places, right? But, but basically that means that the motivation for building these places was either death or showing off. Right. Whereas it looks to me, and this is such a, a this is such um, conjecture, it looks to me like a lot of those massive buildings in India were built to celebrate something else. What what was it? Mm. I mean, religion, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, we've got we've got cathedrals, and they they were still rich people showing off, trying not to go to hell. But <laughs> yeah, but those those it, I I just I don't have words. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I don't, no. I don't know where to go with it. I mean, got anyone listening to this who who hasn't seen what we've seen these places we're talking about? Can you have you got some names you can you can tell us as a good, good kind oh, of start? I point? probably do, but I don't know how to pronounce any of them. You've done very well. I mean, you've done very well with your Indian names earlier, and I'm oh, that sounds horribly patronising. But <laughs> my thing is, like, I'm I'm caught in this dilemma sometimes of trying to decide whether to try and um, pronounce some names i used to have a record shop here and in yeah probably 10 15 years ago um the immigration rules changed in the eu and loads of mm. new countries joined the eu and all of a sudden a lot of polish people came into the uk i mean yeah a lot a lot a lot and which was awesome i mean it was it was cool for just so many reasons and mm -hmm. i had this record shop and a lot of polish people were, would come in buy lots of cds and records from us it was a punk shop and some of them one of them one day i said well why, why you know we've got a lot of polish friends now why do you guys dig this stuff so much it's like we weren't allowed to listen to it until a few years yeah ago. like for one thing i was like oh my god you know, yeah I, I grew up kind of during the cold war in europe um mm. but but that aside uh, some of the guys who came in their names would be like peter john like really mm. i would think of as anglicized names um yeah so one guy i think he, he used to call himself peter i said is peter your name and he said no it's not my it's not my name um i said well, what's your name and he looked at me and he said you won't be able to say it and I was mm. like, "Come on, you know, it's it's a word." Yeah, I, I've 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 been through dictionaries. They're they're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I do all right. I can I, read. I can, yeah, what? I was like that. I was like, I can read. Go on, try me out. <laughs> and he said this word. He had to say it because written down Polish is. I just it's yeah. It, I, I can't find. It's like when I went to Dubai. If like you, if you speak a Latin-based language, you can go anywhere in Europe, and you can more or less tell mm -hmm. what road signs say, right? Menus or things like that. 
kind of going to Dubai, like, well, that's a squiggle. You know, that, that's a different <laughs> squiggle. I just, I'm not being offensive about anyone or, yeah. or xenophobic. It was just, like, I don't know. So, yeah, he, he wrote, there was no point in writing his name down because it would just be like, you know, things like T's with three lines through them and stuff. I don't even know what that is. So he yeah. said it. And I was completely floored by his actual name. And he said, go on, try and say it. And I tried. And he said, no. And this went back and forth with him saying his name and me trying to say it. This went on for probably embarrassingly long length of time. And yeah. the, the only thing I can describe, the only way I can describe it is that I didn't have the muscles. I didn't have the right muscle okay. in my mouth to be able to say it. I've got someone coming up on the um, podcast soon called Charlie Haylock, who's an expert in dialect. Uh -huh. And he, my wife went to go and see him give a lecture and he talks about how in some like Northern England, people talk with the top of their palate and they push their tongue up okay. some words. and in other places around the world, people would like roll their muscles and their tongue back. So yeah. I think that's it. I literally, my, I hadn't had the, the facial workout of growing up Polish <laughs> <laughs> that allowed me to, so I, I carried on calling him Peter. <laughs> Hold on, so what was, do you know his name? Like if you had to I, try it now. I can't remember it at all. I'm afraid it, it, it was a while ago, but I, I went through a phase of asking, asking each Polish person who came in what their, what their yeah. birth name was. And either he was taking the piss or a lot of them had names that were quite normal. Yeah. Quite yeah. English sounding anyway. I, I still don't, he might've just been having a laugh with the, yeah, just fucking with you a little bit yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, with the ignorant English bloke. And to be fair, why not? Um, so it just reminded me of something else. I washed up at a Chinese restaurant, speaking of China, Chinese restaurant, oh, they're massive all, all around the world, but it, oh, yeah. in the UK and probably in America, it was pretty much impossible to have any Chinese people in a Chinese restaurant because Chinese people couldn't really leave. Um, not very easily. So when I grew up, mm -hmm. Chinese restaurants were usually run by um, people from Hong Kong because you know, yeah. back back then you had, you could get an English passport basically if you right you grew up in hong kong and were tended to be run by vietnamese and malaysian mm. um cooks and and waiting staff so similar thing in this restaurant i worked in a lot of a lot of people would take on western names mm. um so for example i while i was there i worked with kenny johnny derek i mean i don't know who would look at a list of english names when trying to choose an anglicized derek name. Derek and Dragon, who I think was just like fuck a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna be called Hell Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, and I was like, that's, yeah, that's a good guy. That that's the name. That is. I mean, if if yes. I if I had to go to China and I was given a list of Chinese kind of names that that the locals would would kind of adhere to better than Andrew, um, <laughs> I think I'd like to choose one that meant something like Dragon. I think I think yeah, yeah, that's the one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh Cause, yeah, because why not? I could almost imagine him going. Exactly. Can I be dragon? And people go, well, <laughs> there aren't any rules written down for this kind of thing. Well, I'm going to be dragon then. <laughs> so we've got madly off point there, but that's kind of half the fun of it, I think. Oh yeah, you got. I, that's why mine's reds rambles, man. Sometimes if it's if it goes off in the direction, let it go. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not about to rein it in. I, I Let's carry have a good on. time, man. Plenty yeah. of stories with this this Chinese restaurant. Um, <laughs> it, it, it used to change hands quite often. A, mm. a, a guy called Mr. Lau owned it when I was first there. I mean, I started there when I was like 13 and worked there until I was about 16, 17. 
um, just washing up stuff in, in the evenings, which is great because food comes back, you know, they serve Chinese food in, in bowls and with a serving right. spoon. So no one gets their hands in it. Yep. So when it came back from the restaurant, I'd just eat it. Just like, I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to go throw it. Yeah, better than going to waste. Just, exactly. just eat a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was owned by Mr. Lau and I went in one day and there's this guy called Freddie and he was like, I'm the owner now. And I was like, all oh, right, okay. Didn't think much of it. <laughs> Turns out he'd won, he'd won the restaurant in a game of cards from the other guy. And Whoa. this restaurant changed hands. I mean, sometimes two, three times a week. I'd, I'd go in to wash up sometimes. I go, hello, Freddie. And he'd be like, no, no, you don't talk to me tonight. You know, I'm, I'm waiting on tables tonight. It's now owned by like Aisha or, or somebody else. Because <laughs> he'd, he'd, he'd lost the restaurant in a game of cards when they'd closed one night. This well, were they doing something the dirty in, in, in the back room or something? No. Something else going on back no, there. No, they just used to gamble. God, the, ga- the gambling was, was a sight to behold. When I passed my driving test at, at 17, um, they, they said, you know, casinos, gambling is just completely flat out legal here. It's never been illegal. Yeah. So we, we have casinos in seaside towns. And they used to say, oh, you know, we, we'll pay you. Drive us to the casino so that we can gamble. And um, I never did it. But they used to come back from these. And they, they have, a, have a roll of this one guy, Derek, actually, would have a roll of 50 pound notes, like a mm. couple of inches thick. I mean, that's like 20, 30,000 pounds. Yeah. I mean, not little money. Not like yeah, oh, yeah, I've yeah. had a I've had a flutter as British people call. It. I've had a flutter on the bookies and and made a yeah, few. Yeah, yeah. That's like back then. That was like buying a house money. Next week, right. uh, he he wouldn't be there, and the triads would come knocking for him. <laughs> I mean, it was, and then he'd go back gamble, make some money, and you'd get another roll of fifty pound notes, and then he might not. You know, he, he he did disappear a couple of times, but yeah, people. Honest to God, people would. I was told it was the triads. I don't know for right. sure, but I can remember yeah, one yeah. time he was from Malaysia. These guys turned up wanting to speak to him and he was quite stressed about it. And they did yeah. like, take him out of the back to speak to him. And then they just left. And somebody was like, what, what, what happened there? What, what, what? And he was like, Oh no, my yeah. family's my family. I told them what family I'm from and they just left me alone. Cause like his family association outranked. The oh, family. okay. Was, okay. I was like, this is like a tiny little like, Do you know who you're talking to? Pretty much. He, he was a fascinating guy, actually. He failed his driving, his driving test 10 times. Um, <laughs> one time he failed. He failed. You, you, here, you get in, you get in the, your car, you get in the parking lot, and then you obviously you drive off and you start your test. And he got in the car and he said, I failed. He said, I failed eight times. And the examiner was like, okay. And he said, yeah, in Malaysia, I'll just pay you now and, and you'll give me, you would give me my license. <laughs> and the examiner's like, right, get out of the car. And he failed because he was like, well, you, you know, he thought he was trying to bribe trying to him. Trying to bribe him, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he eventually passed his test and then had a really bad car accident within about two, Ooh. three weeks. He was all right, but it was one of those yeah. like, shit, you are lucky. Yeah. And I did think maybe he shouldn't drive. <laughs> if yeah. you're fail Ten time, to- just... Ten times then it up. crash, then you, you might find you're more gifted at other things in life. I yes, think. sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, we, we've been talking um, longer than I expected, but it's because it's a joy to talk to you, Red. And, it's and a good one. I would, like to, I would like to have you back because as you yeah. carry on with this journey, I am absolutely loving kind of listening to your podcast i know podcast people guests you know people always say that about podcasts but right i, I kind of went 
as you said, you interviewed me for your podcast and I'd not, mm. not heard your podcast before and I've been listening to a few and I, I just like the attitude. I think it's your, your sense of wonder is something that is infectious and, and will make the world a better place. So I really appreciate you kind of making, making the effort and having so much fun with it, Red. I think it's awesome. Well, well, well thank you so much for that. I mean, yeah, I'm literally just having fun. Like it's not work, you know. That's like, what am I going to learn today? You know, what do you, what do, you oh. do for, for work? What is your job? I work uh, for Bridgestone, you know, the tire maker. Oh, really? Do you know yeah. what do you do? Yeah, for we them? make, well, we, we, the one, the plan I make, we make the big mining tires. They're like as tall as a house. Oh, see, now yeah. I, I know a little bit about that industry because I, uh, through a client, I was involved for a little while with Dunlop. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And yeah. We we built the slitting machines for the rubber, or a couple of them. So rubber, okay, big yeah, wheels, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep, these, yep, these yep. are the hardcore machines because it is not easy to cut rubber. <laughs> it's oh yeah, oh too yeah. Bad, we got too some. Yeah, we got some at our at our plant as well. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, well, there you go. It's a pretty cool thing to look at for sure. The process. I just love machinery. It's just amazing. Right. Um, there is one thing that I heard you talking about on. Mm-hmm on the conspiracy theory podcast. Okay. Which I've got to say that did not go the direction. I've not listened to it all. So don't tell me too much about right. halfway through. Okay. It did not go the way I was expecting it to, but you, okay. this is a red. Sorry, listen, this is red's conspiracy theory specialist with the man from Florida and Florida he, man. He made me laugh <laughs> so much. He was, he, he was good. I like, was good. I, like... I don't want to say yeah. any more, but if it, I tell you what, if, if you want a starting point with Red's Red's podcasts, um, just look up Red's Ramblings. You'll find it. Um, it add the um, add the name Jamie Goodman, and, you, and you'll definitely find it. If not, contact me, and I will definitely point you in the right direction. I'll put links in the show notes anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, yes. Yeah, start start with one of the country episodes is my is my mm-hmm. my suggestion, but then just go for Rambles with Florida Man, just because it's <laughs> you won't be disappointed. It, it, that one was good. It, yeah, very good. Now, one of the things I think it was that episode you very casually mentioned acupuncture. Yeah, he said he said something along the lines of I think he was like saying acupuncture doesn't really have a lot of science behind it, but it some people swear by it. And you you mm. were like, oh, I want to try that, but I've got no. I've always wanted to. Yep. Well, I've I've done it, and I'm gonna gonna end this episode by telling you my little acupuncture story. Okay. I had, um, I fell out of a fast moving car when I was 16 and um, eviscerated myself. You know, literally, I skinned myself, basically. And yeah, uh, it, yeah it, it was okay. Uh, I did not look good in bright flash photography. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, sorry, yeah. So I, what was that? Yeah. So it fucked my back up, as you can imagine, really bad. Yeah. I mean, it used to be so bad that if I stood at a bar, uh, you know, in a pub, if someone brushed past me. I used to go down like a sack of spuds. Uh, you know, I used to just hit the floor, not like, oh, my back hurts, and then go, I mean, yeah. like, boom, down, yeah. no, no control. So I went to start seeing a chiropractor for years, and um, I'm no longer massively a fan of chiropractors, really. But he, mm-hmm. that man fixed me. I mean, uh, there's no two ways about it. He, he fixed me. He absolutely, yeah, he did. I, in fact, I've got no shit to talk about chiropractors at all. I don't know why I said right. that. But I was there once and I was going, and my back was spasming down at the back, you know, down at the bottom. The muscles were literally like, it was like a clenched fist. And it wasn't like I was anxious or tension or anything. It was, I don't know. I think I might have 
come off my bicycle or there'd been some something had happened and it was like ah yeah and he was i was on my front and he was crackerman have you ever been to a chiropractor no i'm incredibly ticklish oh no same here just, yeah. yeah horrifically ticklish which I, I think makes us um sensitive lovers actually but that's a, probably a topic for another, <laughs> probably a topic for another time but he, was, he was doing this thing you know in films where they break someone's neck they go jong you know, like sort of, yeah. sort of doing a listen i'm doing like a grabbing head thing chiropractors turn your head around far more than that they literally you feel like an owl they turn it around so far it's incredible and you feel good you feel really good but he right. was doing that thing and he was sort of pulling bits of my body around and getting these incredible noises. And then he said, oh, those muscles are really tight. He said, I'm just going to put a needle in it. And I was laying face down on the bed. You know, you get like a little um, yeah. like a toweling thing, the little bit that you look through like a massage table. And I just kind of went, you're going to what? He said, I'm just going to put a needle mm-hmm. in it. And I didn't know he did acupuncture. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I literally, I was thought, what the hell? Because I can't, I don't think they can use hypodermics you know i can't don't think they can administer drugs because it is not right in this country chiropractors aren't they're not legally medical professionals i, I don't think right. so i was like I, i'm sorry but what are you going to do so it's just acupuncture i was like oh mm-hmm. right i didn't know i didn't know you did that and it was like, oh yeah yeah no it's all just a part of kind of what i do because it, it's all it's all part of the same thing i was like okay cool yeah fair enough will it cost extra <laughs> and he was yeah, like yeah. no no it's like, i don't know don't worry about it don't you know i'll just get it done then, I, then he, he made you know his face down he made this noise he went <laughs> and i was like are you all right he said god these needles are so sharp which once just totally sliced open the end of my finger now bear in mind <sighs> i i'd gone from not knowing this man did acupuncture to him just casually going, oh, yeah, yeah, I do it. It's fine. To and then 10 himself. seconds later, cutting himself on a needle, which, I mean, you have to have training, surely, to do acupuncture. It doesn't give the most confidence in him at that point. <laughs> exactly. You'd think kind of, right, I've paid for my acupuncture course. Day one, lesson one, first part of lesson, how not to stab yourself stab with yourself. a needle. Yes. <laughs> that, would be the, that would be the opener, wouldn't it? Um, and... He said, well, yeah, he, I, I heard him chuck that one in the bin, obviously, because he couldn't couldn't use that one on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he walked around the back and I was, I mean, I was quite tense by then because I was like, what the hell is this man oh, yeah. going to do? Oh, yeah. And I was thinking of like, you know, the, the pictures you see where people are like, look like hedgehogs or like porcupines got a covered yeah. in the, and the ends of them yeah. on fire and all, all that kind of stuff. And I swear to God, I didn't, I, fe- I heard like a sort of noise. And then my back just went like jelly went blah. You know, if you drop jelly, yeah. if you just drop jelly out yeah. of a bowl onto the floor, it just goes blah. Yeah. It was instant. And that, and I, I want to tell you, because when, when you were talking about acupuncture, he was sort of saying, you know, some people say, does it work? Doesn't it work? That was no hoo-hoo. That was mm-hmm. no me believing it. That was no me being right. in a zone. That was nothing. That was a mechanical, a purely mechanical thing of a needle being put into a muscle. And he just hit the right spot. everything. It's yeah. gone. It was unbelievable. It was the fastest transition from being in a lot of pain to no pain. Yeah. And it was not in my head. <laughs> that was, there was right. no way. Because I was fighting. I was like, man's going to put a needle in me. I am not You're relaxed about this. It wasn't like, you know, you get people who go through, who go under hypnosis and then have uh, like surgery without anesthetic. Have you seen that kind of stuff? Yeah. I've heard. I've heard of it. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that's in the head. They're psyched up. They're yeah, in the zone. Right. They're, they're believing it. I was not. I was the other end of the scale. I was like, that, "This man's like, just going to die tonight." <laughs> <laughs> this man's just cut himself on a needle. He's going to put. He's going to put into me. But yeah, it did the job. And I, I asked to see the needle afterwards, 
Mm. And he, he showed me, he <laughs> fetched one out of the bin. Or, no, he probably didn't. He probably got another one out of the pack or something. And he showed me this thing was... Yeah, they're long. Oh, I'm trying to think, three inches long? Uh-huh. And I said, how far did that go into me? And he just sort of made this two-inch sort of estimation. I was like, in, into yeah. my muscle. I said, yeah, but I said, I'm not bleeding. And he said, no, he said, they're so sharp that you won't bleed. He said, basically, they, they go yeah. in and they don't rip your skin. They just kind of go in. Yeah. And I, I still, to this day, I cannot believe he put a needle that deep into my body that I didn't feel yeah. that had such an instant effect. And yeah. he did it so bloody casually as well. That was the thing. He was, this man was... He was a no messing kind of guy. He didn't like go, yeah. right, now I'm going to soothe your pain. He was like, lay down, <laughs> I'm putting a needle in you. <laughs> so yeah. no, I, I would absolutely, I did, I've had it, I had it done again from the same guy several times afterwards that, and okay. after that, and I sort of asked him to show me how, how he put them in. And it's yeah. kind of like you were holding a pen a minute ago. And if you imagine if you'd like, we going to flick the pen out of your hand, it's kind of like yeah. that, but like, and then the needle's in. It's, it's yeah, quite, yeah, yeah. quite an amazing thing, but. I would, I would sure as hell go again. I, I genuinely was like, I thought it was amazing, absolutely incredible really? thing. Yeah. So that was, I just want to impart that. I heard you sort of, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard you sort of say that sounds interesting. So I thought I'd give you my little take on that as a, as a final little gift. I appreciate, yeah, because that's it's it's a bucket list thing for me, definitely. Just the experience, just the experience of like I want to do the whole porcupine thing. Like <laughs> I do as well. I want to do the whole like, por- uh... But what what happens if there's a fire alarm? Like, oh, um, do they just wheel I'm, you out the door? <laughs> right? <laughs> right hang on, hang, the alarm's going off. It's just going to be about 20 minutes while we click, 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 click. Right, yeah. yeah. The out. Anyway, Red, I really appreciate your time. I value it. And, and I, I'm kind of very grateful that you've kind of given me, given me so much of your time. So I am going to let you go. So before you go, please, can you let listeners know how they can find out more? I mean, where, where can they find out more about Red? Oh, well, uh, like you were saying earlier, uh, Red's Ramblings is the name of the podcast. You know, look it up on the main, cha- the main channel is YouTube. That way, when I'm talking to a country, they can see the pictures and everything that I speak about or that me and the oh. individual speaking about. Yeah. Oh, but, I didn't know. Were uh, you filming me when yeah, we spoke? Oh, yeah. well, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, you're on camera, bro. You're on All camera. Right. Fair enough. Um, I've done far worse <laughs> on camera. And for like, like you, you know, and others – there's the audio version on your Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, you know, just mm. Red's Ramblings. And it's the uh, countries around the cultures around the world is like the main thing. And then I have like special episodes every now and then, like the conspiracy when you spoke about, but Red's Ramblings, wherever podcasts are and YouTube is where you can find me at. Super duper. Do you have a website? Not yet. I don't think I'm big enough yet. So, you know. Just having fun right now. I don't know. You look sort of five six, five seven. Sorry, that's. You mean height? No, oh. sorry, you say you're not big enough yet. That's sorry. Six foot. I'm six foot, sir. Do you know what? I I I lived my lived my most of my adult life thinking I was six foot tall. It was part of my identity. There's something about being six foot tall that you're sort of right. almost a little bit proud. You're like, yeah, six yeah, foot tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm taller than. Yeah, go, go go to a concert. I I can see. Other people can't see. You know. Sucks to be on buses and planes, but you know, a lot of places, yeah. stuff off a high shelf. I like the fact I go I to got a super- that. I like the fact I can be in a supermarket and a little old lady can just ask me yep. to reach that. I'm proud to be able to do that. Then I went for a bike fit. And when you have a bike fit, they measure your skeleton. So they literally, that's yeah. your bones. It's not your, not your muscles, it's your bones. So you can make okay. your bicycle 
fit you. I, I do like super, super, super long bike rides, and you can't do that unless the bike fits you properly. And I found out I'm five foot 11 and 15 sixteenths. I am not 50. What? I am not six Just feet. Just go tall. ahead and give you that 16th, man. That's so <laughs> stupid. I, I think it's because they measured me at the end of the day and you wake up taller, yeah. don't you? In the you morning, wake up a little like, taller. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that that bike fit was like 250 pounds. Is it worth going back? So I feel better about right. actually yeah. getting a six foot kind of reading on it. <laughs> Just to make yourself, yeah, like walk out six foot. I'm yeah. six foot. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> yes, anyway yeah. red this this could go on all night and um unfortunately <laughs> it can't so i'm gonna press the stop recording button now and speak to you again another time i'm gonna say goodbye do you want to say goodbye goodbye andrew and yeah i would love to come back at some point that'd be great well that's the end of this one so what do you think do you like it i hope so this is the kind of bit that you might be able to tell i just use the same bit every time because well it's not so much lazy as efficient but this is the bit where i say smash the like button or stab at it or just stroke it gently be nice you know why would you be so aggressive but please like please subscribe and please rank rate tell everyone this these kind of things i assume they matter everyone else says them but there you go so endeth this episode of the Andrew Culture podcast. If you want to know more about what I get up to, go have a look at andrewculture.com because I won't bore you with it here. Anyway, until the next time, keep it cool, stand in a dry place, um, or do what you want. I'm not your boss. Bye.